Would you give your mum, dad, aunt or that uncle who hugs your partner a little too long free access to your phone? Oh no! Oh my god, it's, it's a really long video! Ew! In Dave's brand new YouTube original, Get Off My Phone, we've got six comedians to give their phones over to a relative with total freedom to read messages, DMs, photos and browser history. What's your social history? Sorry? What to do? Tips for relief. The rules are simple. Their relative can read anything they want and even make calls from the comedian's phone. What is this? What is I know what this one is. That, that looks really okay. bad. Starring Tanya Moore, Anya Magliano, Finlay Christie, Travis J with his mum Angie Lamar, Hayley Morris, Grace Campbell and dad Alistair Campbell. Slightly sexually compromising <laughs> Divulging their deepest digital secrets. <laughs> what the hell is happening? Get off my phone. A Dave YouTube original. Available now on Dave's YouTube channel. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. <laughs> hello, hello, hello. Hello, hello Catherine. Oh my God, what a, what a joy to meet Isn't you. Isn't it a dream? It's a dream it's come a true. Jo- it really is. I'm so happy to talk to you. Hello, I'm Mika Burns, director and producer of the wonderful Edinburgh Comedy Awards. And welcome to a special mini-series that celebrates 40 years of Dave's Edinburgh Comedy Awards. Join 1995 Best Comedy Show winner Jenny Eclair as she talks to 2019 Best Newcomer winner Catherine Cohen about their award-winning shows, pre-show routines and the secrets to surviving the Edinburgh Festival Fringe. Tell me where you are, what you're doing, what your mental state is, and then I'll fill you in on me. I want all the Edinburgh gossip and how it's going. (laughs) I want weather. I want what your flat's like. I want everything about the festival, please. I've been starved for years. Well, you know, I'm having the time of my life. It's so magical to be back. I'm in my flat in Edinburgh. We just saw a mouse, but it was a really cute one, like really small and sweet. And I I would love for her to come and hop on the pod if she has anything to say. Um, I'm doing my shows. Actually, today's my day off, so I feel so at peace. Are you Are you hungover? You should be slightly hungover on your day off. I feel like the whole festival is kind of an emotional hangover, and I always, whether or not I'm I'm drunk, I feel like I'm on some sort of drug. Yeah. Just like how many times have you cried? Oh, so many. Last night. <laughs> <laughs> Last on, night I cried because of just the idea. <laughs> Last night I cried just about the idea of love. Oh you know what I mean? Oh, I thought I thought maybe you've got you've got a snotty review. Who get who gives a shit about love? <laughs> What's going on with you? Where are you? Tell me your emotional state and your okay. Updates. Well, oh, I'm very hot, Catherine. Very hot because of course the weather hasn't broken here. We're recording this uh, in the middle of August, in the middle of a heat wave, and I'm you know a, a, a very overweight sweaty, bad-tempered, overly middle-aged woman. I don't know, I'm 62. I don't know whether I'm allowed to be middle-aged anymore. I'm kind of middle-aged plus. Um, I'm heading towards senior citizen, let's face it. Uh, but I'm at my, I'm in my study in Camberwell um, 
and I am I've, I'm chatting to you, which is a delight. And then I'm, I'm hot footing it over to Tulse Hill to see my uh, newborn grandson. I mean, he's been knocking around <gasps> oh for my three God. weeks now, so he's not that newborn. Congratulations! Well, I, mean, I did nothing. <laughs> he's old news. <laughs> I did nothing, to be quite honest. <laughs> That's so amazing. Uh, so, but my daughter needs a little bit of help. Um, but basically, when I, she wants me to skibby for her, I go and do some ironing while she rolls around with the baby on her chest uh, and does that. Also. Yeah, it's, it's very, it, but it, it's, it's you know, one of the reasons why I'm not up at the festival uh, with this, you know, this was going on. So tell me about, I mean, we showed you one bus newcomer in 2019. Yes. Uh, and now you're, is that right? Cause yeah, yeah, before the world shut down. So yeah, I yeah. did a show called The Twist, She's Gorgeous. Yes. In 2019. I actually just did it for the last time ever on Friday night. So it was very emotional in a good and way. Where did you do that? We did a big one. We did a one night only at the Pleasance Grand. And so we had nice. a nice, good vibes. It was. Um, it felt like a nice way to say to say to goodbye to the end of a chapter. Yeah, but yeah. Catherine, that means you've had two that. shows in your head up until Friday, which is quite it is a it heavy is tough. Load. So now I can move on. I was definitely checking my notes a lot. It was, uh, you know, remembering jokes that I wrote from like five years ago is never pleasant, but there we, we made it work. They're often the best ones, though. I, I mean, know. I'm still, I'm rootling around in my handbag for old jokes all the time. You know, they come out, the classics. <laughs> we like to call them classics rather than old jokes, don't we? What's the show? There this, we go, classics. The classics, yes. And we're recycling. It's it's not old, it's vintage. Um, what is the show you're doing now? I'm actually just doing a work in progress, but it's almost there. It's almost okay. there. And the title is? I, there is no title yet. So you being, you're being very brave. You're going out with just your name. Just my name and the idea, the promise of a new idea. <laughs> okay, okay. So that's 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 quite a thing to do, though. Yeah, well, I just wasn't ready to stick a title on it and be reviewed yeah. and all that. I'm just here for the, for the uh, experience and to get better. And I'm only here two weeks, and I'm just trying to – basically the plan is to leave with – leave with a finished show and go do it in New York in the fall. Oh, God, that sounds exciting. That just sounds so <laughs> grown up and glamorous and, you know, so you're not schlepping around. I'm so Ooh. honoured. I never thought of it that way. <laughs> oh, it is. I mean, just I love performing being... in New York. I'm really sorry. That's just a thing. I've never done that. Well, you got to come over. It's time. But uh, do you know what? I think I think that I've got... I think that could I could carve a niche in New York, um, and it would get me out Absolutely. of babysitting duties. I've I've timed my latest tour quite well to get me out of uh, grandma duties. <laughs> I, I set off again in September with a show called Sixty for fuck's sake, uh, which obviously we have abbreviated. Sixty F F S exclamation mark, exclamation mark, whatever. I'm actually 62 now, but as we all know, COVID stopped play for a couple of years. That's true. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's kind of, you know, I, I've come this, well, not full circle, really, because I, I you know, I'm intending to keep, keep going for a long time to come. But, you know, I look back on... Uh, there we go. ...the Edinburgh's of, you know, my past and, and, and how very forming they were, really, and how... You know, I became the stand-up I am because of, well, because of everything you do. It's not just Edinburgh. But uh, Edinburgh was such a huge thing for me for so many years. And um, totally. I, I, you know, I, well, I have to talk about this because this is what we've been asked to go on the podcast <laughs> for, and you know, try stopping me anyway. <laughs> but um, I got the Perrier in. 
<laughs> I got the Perry Award, as it was called back then, in 1995. So you could possibly be younger than... And the, the first woman. The first oh, yeah. woman. Well, first so ever woman. I mean, you know, I think she was a sketch queen. Um, gotcha. I think she was in the Cambridge Review or the Footlights or whatever. And they won, uh, you know, before me. Uh, and then there was a singer called Barb Younger who had accompanied a comedian called uh, Arnold Brown with a show called Brown Blues. Uh, before me but I was the first solo uh, sorry winner yes <laughs> of, uh, <laughs> and what was your show what was your show called that you won well with? it was a, a show called Prozac and Tantrums <gasps> um wow. and it was very 90s it was very sort of um I mean it's it's hard to I mean it's, it's impossible because you could be a child how old are you? I'm saying I'm you're in your early 30s. I just, my birthday was this week. I just turned 31. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So you're, you're my daughter's generation. But but in pandemic years, in my in pandemic years, I'm 29. So absolutely. I, I guess I think I'll claim those two back then. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. It was the 90s. when you were growing up, you were sort of through your top. Yes. I was a mother. I, I had a child in 1989. Oh, my God. Uh, wow. That's inspiring. Yeah. She used to come up. And, um, and you know, it's a very good grounding for her. She used to come up and see you know, have huge breakdowns and drink far too much. And I think that's very good for children to watch adults completely and utterly fall to pieces. <laughs> So, and she's done it herself loads of times as well, my daughter. She's oh, amazing. So she's performed at Edinburgh. She's written shows for Edinburgh. Uh, but both of us are oh. you know, having this year off. I, I very much hope she'll be back sometime. But yes, Prozac and Tantrums was uh, the show. I remember the, the poster, actually, because image had just started to become important. I mean, the early days of the festival, mm. people really didn't have posters or anything like that. You know, they had everything was sort of drawn with biros and stuck up with blue tack um, <laughs> lampposts and things. It wasn't the professional. By the mid 90s, it was suddenly getting quite professional. Yeah. And, um, you know, it's the creatives had come on board, design teams and all that kind of thing. It was really going up. I had a poster and it was a sort of neon pink and I was in a bathroom with hairy robes. Oh, amazing. And a very heavy, smoky eye. And I think I had a cigarette because I was still a heavy smoker in those days, looking sort of in false eyelashes and all that. So it was a very glam kind of oh, edgy. I love you know. that look. <laughs> yes. It was very sort of, I saw that wannabe streetcar named Desire, Blanche Dubois. Yes. Kind of <laughs> so... Yeah, and I definitely went up to the festival with the intention of winning the award. Did you? Hell yes. Um, yeah, I was like, I'm going to win. <laughs> it's kind of time. You know, it's a bit like being an athlete, isn't it, Edinburgh? Yeah. You kind of know when it's your medal year. Well, also, I was coming all the way from New York. I was like, this is a this is very intense. I'm not going to come unless the show is, like, perfect. You know, I'm not because yeah. I've been doing the show for a few years. So I was like, I'm ready to come come through and just kill it you know what I mean and that's why this year I'm doing just uh it's not quite ready <laughs> <laughs> don't hurt me 
they'd be mean to me. They'd be mean to me. I'm I'm doing uh, some tryouts in the next week, and uh, you know they are working places and people. And I used to charge you know very little money. Yeah, yeah. Uh, for people to come up and fumble and stumble mm-hmm. around and apologise and fart and you know trip over myself. Uh, where are you doing your show, the t- work in progress? My show's at the Pleasance too. Let me think which one that is. Is that the farm? Um, that is, I don't know how to describe it. It's nice. It's like a, um, I don't know the terminology. Is it rake, very rake seating? Rake, rake, rake seating. Very rake seating. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. It's, Thank you. It's in the courtyard. It's sort of t- at the back of the courtyard and it's like a big barn. And p- the audience go up steps to enter. It, yes, yes, they do. Yeah, very good. What's your favourite Edinburgh venue? Uh, the one you're performing in right now, actually. The Pleasance oh. 2. Yes. Wow. I did a show there in 94 called The Bad Behaviour Show, uh, which was also published as a book. And oh, wow. I love that title. It was a good title. And I, I always remember, I got, I choreographed this opening to the show. And what it involved was it involved me falling down the entire flight of stairs. <laughs> Uh, you know the audience come in they come up the stairs and then they come yes. down to the, yes. and the the stage is on the flat and it's the heavy it's very raked seating so at the side oh of the venue God. there's this is a long staircase and i used to stage this fall that went from the top of the uh-huh. and i can do falls but I, I can't do them as well as i think i can and i wore at the time a fake fur jacket a big oh. shaggy fake fur jacket Hell to kind yeah. of um, break the falling a bit and I always remember, and the trouble was, everyone was looking at the stage, waiting for me to come on, and nobody was looking at the side of the stage at the flight <laughs> of stairs. So about 98% of the audience just never saw this entrance. The only person that ever saw it and commented on it was Stuart Lee, who said the best bit of your show was the fact that you, you staged this massive fall, nobody saw it, and then you still had to get on with the show. Um, oh so my that god was, I need to see that that, that is was, unbelievable <laughs> yeah it was good fun <laughs> up to a point um, oh I oh my god I'm really yeah I'm obsessive about titles entrances I I, I love the whole thing yeah bad behavior show I want to hear more of your titles well I did a show called how to be a middle-aged uh, how to be a middle-aged woman without going insane <laughs> and um, that that uh, sold itself on the poster which was a picture of me in my bra and pants <laughs> in my late 50s um, incredible and that's how I came on stage what is the secret the secret is to not give a shit, obviously. Uh, there we go. If you come on stage as an older woman in your bra and pants and they don't match, that's the, that is the crucial element. The bra and pants, <laughs> pants don't match. Because if they match, you've thought about it. But if they don't yeah, yeah, match yeah. and you're actually wearing slippers as well, then it, you can, it becomes funny, especially if you're dancing to, uh, to Debbie Harry and you think you are Debbie Harry, but actually you're not. Um, so yeah, I've always I've always thought that entrances, exits, uh, all those things they're part that you know that that stops stand up. That is the difference between doing a stand up set in a in a club mm-hmm. and doing a show. Totally. I just saw last night. I went to see I went to see Tim Key, and he was on stage while everyone was coming in, just looking at everyone. It was incredible, just drinking a beer and watching everyone. I've seen that quite a lot, though, Catherine. Oh, I've you've seen, seen quite a lot. Because Louisa, oh, Louisa Almelon, <laughs> Louisa Almelon has always done that. Has always done that. It's, it was past. it was very funny. Okay, I'll, I'll keep that in mind. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> 
to keep a little notebook of entrances and exits and you know whether they've been done before um yeah. what else have you it's seen a- up there have you got is there a sort of whiff on the street of what's going what's going to win this year I don't know yet. I feel it's really hard for me to see something before I, my show's really late at night and I feel like during the day I'm just kind of in panic mode until then. So it's hard to unwind and see a show, but hopefully tonight I'm going to see some stuff um, because it's my day, my famous day off. Yeah. And yeah, I don't know. I think, um, I know, I think Sophie Dooker's doing really well. Her show's all sold out, so I can't get in, which is exciting. Um, A few other people have already sold out their whole runs, which is great. I feel like those are probably... Sometimes you can squeeze in next to the lighting guy. Oh, good call. Yes, I'm sure I could weasel my way in. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, I mean, it's, uh, you know, when you're talking about that sort of your show being late at night and, and the whole day mm-hmm. is geared up yeah. towards the show and people think, well, you've got so much time, you've got so much time. Why don't you go to the gardens? Why don't you go to the zoo? Why don't you go and see some... <laughs> I usually do the art because that is something that um, I, you know, I'm passionate about. So I will go to the galleries, but I will yes. get there very early in the morning and then I'll get back to bed because you're only safe when you're in your bedroom, aren't you? Before Exa- a show. That is, that is the truest thing I've ever heard in my life. I need to be horizontal yeah. for about 12 hours yeah. before I perform. I understand. I've, I understand. I've also, um, I've also found a great Thai massage place that I've been going, sneaking away to, um, too often they're sick of me they're like you just came here again i know i just need someone to shove their elbows so deep into my body that i forget my name that's what i like but um (laughs) but it's been good no i'm very big on uh yeah going going full diva mode before the before the show every night i don't what are your pre-show routines well i think that women particularly are I, i you know what used to shock me on the circuit was how casual men could be about performing wow yes because I would always be in the dressing room sort of an hour and a half before mm-hmm. the gig you know I, I went to drama school so I have quite uh, drama school habits you know I, I believe in the half I believe in totally. certain things that uh, you know are very theatrical rather than stand-up-y I believe in sort of getting there on time and doing the show and being sober uh, <laughs> you know uh, but wow uh, old-fashioned quote <laughs> But in the old days, I do remember sort of just thinking, well, so-and-so is meant to be on next and he isn't actually here yet. And literally, just as the person before them was finishing off, you'd see somebody sort of shamble in the doors. And you'd go, well, yes, he's here now. He's cut it that fine. I could never do that. Oh, God, no. I'm very big on preparation. I, I take, like, extra time to do my makeup every night. I, like, do my, my vocal warm-ups. And in 2019, when I when I... When I famously won the award, I did not drink. I did not go out. I did not socialize. I was like a complete nun because I was just like so focused. It was it, it was obviously very stressful, but it felt so good. And how did you feel when the award was announced? Oh, I felt I was so, so happy. It was such a pleasant surprise and just a great honor. And who feel? was announcing? Do you remember the whole night? Take take me through the night. Well, it, it was like a more. It's like they did it like in the morning, so I was sort of asleep. Right. <laughs> but um, <laughs> no, it was great. It was very fun. It was it was um, yeah. Well, the funny thing that happened was that afterwards, when you know, when you're talking to like the journalists and stuff, someone was this one woman. I think thought I was a different nominee, and she was like, "And the car crash that must have been." devastating and I was like that's not in my show and she was like that's not your show I was like, no girl I 
was like, I definitely, definitely have not discussed a car crash, but um, yeah. no, it was, it was a magical day. What about you? Well, ours was nighttime back then. It was, oh, that's it was more last at midnight. Oh, um, fun. Yes. Yes. So uh, I was the only girl nominee and I did, I, I treated myself to a black lace dress. Yes. Well, I, yeah, I know. I, I mean, I was, I was in my mid thirties and I'd been doing a lot of yoga, Catherine. I mean, since then, it's been 27 oh, years of letting nice. myself go. But at the, at the time, I, I was quite look, hot. I think you look fabulous. Oh, you're very <laughs> kind. But, um, so yes, and I, I went with, uh, my date for the night was the actress Sally Phillips from Drop the Dead Donkey and various other um, films and uh, Miranda and all this sort of thing. S- Sally's a really good comedian and actress. And um, and she was sort of my moral support because my family, my partner oh. and my daughter were in Wales uh, on holiday. And uh, yeah, I, I sort of dressed up for it. And it was everything I wanted from show oh. business in that very old fashioned kind of, because I did go to drama school, I thought I was going to be an actress. And it was only when I was at drama school, I realized that I had no talent whatsoever. No, impossible. Uh, Sadly, sadly, I could never be anybody else on stage. There was always me creeping through. Do you know what I mean? (laughs) Or do you act as well? I'm like, I I do act, but I I find I'm at my happiest when I'm doing my own material because it just feels... Yeah, it feels, oh, this is what I'm meant to do. That's how I feel. Whenever I'm at Edinburgh, I'm like, oh, I'm doing whatever's going on in the rest of the world doesn't matter right now. This is exactly where I'm supposed to be. Yeah. You know, it feels very good. So then they announced your name and you're in your black lace dress. And uh, yeah, and it was flash bulbs and champagne and flowers. Uh, And then I don't know about you, but I mean... You know, I have problems with self-discipline, and so um, I've been very very disciplined up until that moment, and then I got absolutely fucking pissed out of my head, to a point where I was a danger to myself, (laughs) and uh, I, I I hitchhiked home. Oh my God. Just stupid things. And my feet were bleeding, and I just didn't (laughs) stop drinking, and I had to do the show the next day. And I felt so unworthy. That's what I was going to, yeah. I did the whole sort of, um, you know, turnaround. I did the, I hated myself. When I eventually came around in the morning, I hated myself. I hated the award. I couldn't cope with it. I wanted to run away. I felt like a fraud. I just, I, you know, I was on the verge of phoning my agent saying, you've got to give this back. You've got to give this back. I can't cope with it. Because of... um, because of of a hangover, because of of sort of listening yeah. to the bad voices in my head, and the naysayers, you know, because there had been quite a lot of discussion about the award, and you know, was I worthy as a woman, and all oh, this God. kind of thing, because there was a little, possibly a little bit more spotlight on it, because you know, women weren't often nominated. Right. Or if they were, they didn't often win. So it became something that was up for debate. You know, was I actually worth it? Did I, how had I won it? Oh. You know, were there sort of nefarious ways, means, you know, who had slipped somebody some money or had I slept oh, with somebody? God. Or, you know, oh, God. that kind of thing. But I, it was mostly self-inflicted, self-inflicted, yep. um, self-loathing. And, God, I know. And questioning my own talents <laughs> and abilities. Yeah, it's really hard to be nice to yourself, isn't it? Yeah. In a pressure cooker like Edinburgh, particularly, where you hold yourself up against everybody else. Oh, it's so 
It's so deadly. You walk down the street and you see all your peers and how well everyone's doing. And you immediately think, well, I guess I'm the biggest loser in, in this country. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but also nice uh, yeah. is when you realize that's how most people feel. You know, if you Absolutely. get one on one, you know, that most people are sniveling in, in and, and everybody has a favorite crying toilet. <laughs> you know, which they can find and lock themselves into in their venue. Yeah, the crying helps. <laughs> you gotta let it go. I, I worry, I feel like I have some I have some friends who don't ever cry, and I'm like, that's way worse. I'd rather what, cry every day. former friends? Yeah, maybe I'm trying to think, maybe more writer types. Yeah. Who keep, who keep it all in, put it on the page. Yeah. But I also think a bad hangover will make you question everything you've ever done in your entire life. So that yeah. makes sense. <laughs> yeah, I, I think, though, back then oh. we had a sort of like about five days left of the festival. And suddenly I felt under a lot of pressure and oh. I, I was exhausted by it. And I just thought, you know, I want to go home now. I want to see my daughter. I want to. Yeah. I want my mum. Totally. How was. Yeah, because there's a weird energy when you come out after winning and the crowd's like. Let's see what let's see what she got. Yeah. Totally. Yeah, absolutely. How were absolutely. those last shows? Terrible. <laughs> Died on me ass. No. No, not entirely. Oh, please. Not entirely, but there was a and big was showcase the... where I didn't do well. Oh, what what does not doing well look like for you? Is it in your head or do you really mean you didn't do well? Um, I didn't do as well as some of the other nominees who went on before me because I was the mm. winner. So there's a big showcase at the assembly rooms, which at the time was, you know, is that that big venue. church, that big church thing? No, it was it was a sort of old fashioned assembly rooms, which look a bit like a town hall. Um, it was on George. Oh, Street. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. You know, the whole festival has gotcha. shifted to another part of the town. In the old days, it used to be sort of this side of Princess Street. Um, oh, I see. As much as the other side. Um, but yeah, there was this, and it was in the big, in the in the big venue, and it was packed, and oh. you know all the other male nominees went on, and they tore the roof off the place, and you know oh. there's nothing worse than the sound of laughter at someone another comic before you go on, you know when you're in the dressing room, <laughs> yeah, it's like poison, isn't it? Yeah, it's like it's like wow, they already hate me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, they really, they really don't really so like what I do. It seems I'm yeah, 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 yeah. But uh, and I was all swag. I mean, it was, as I say, it was mid '90s. It's quite interesting to look back at that time in terms of um, politics and history, and and uh, particularly mm -hmm. uh, the lad culture that was going on. The lad and ladette culture. You're too young to really have been immersed. Obviously, too young to have been immersed in it. But it was, it was a very different form of sexism. Mm. Um, because it was sold as women were on an equal playing field with men, as long as they were very brazen uh, and got their tits out and ridden oh. and celebrated getting their tits out. And it's it's interesting to look back now on the 90s and just realise how toxic it actually was. So I had created this oh. very brazen, swaggering character. Mm. You know, I was the sort of chain-smoking vodka swigging and I wore red or black PVC jeans. Oh my god! And and that's I mean it's too hot this year. I mean it would be I would die instantly. But yeah, I was very you mean very good guys, girl. Like can she hang? Pick yeah. me, girl. They say now. 
Yeah. Oh, exhausting. I feel very lucky to have come up in a scene with mostly women and gay men. It's very pleasant. Yeah. Um, I do think that comedy has shifted for the better. Totally. Um, into, you know, and, and, and what I like uh, most about how things have changed is that it's not, comedy is no longer as narrow uh, as it used to be. There used to be fashions, and if you weren't that type of comic mm-hmm. uh, doing, you know, a certain style of comedy at the time, you were so out of it. Um, and now we, people are allowed to be really, really themselves. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. It's... um. It's so inspi- it's so inspiring to be here and just get to watch all different types of people thriving and it's just like it's great. It's been so fun. Especially after pandemic it's been, I've been like uh, it, the high is even more intense cuz I've been locked in my room for 2 years. I'm like, "Oh, I forgot." Mm-hmm. It's just yeah, that we could ever do this again. So that feels very lucky. So what was life like after you won the award and you went back home? Um well, I spent some of the money. I think I got 5 grand and I had to spend some of the money on a washing machine. Um, <laughs> How exciting! <laughs> that is, <laughs> you know. And then you, I had a six-year-old to get ready for school. And oh my, um, I cannot imagine. How did you do that? I can't imagine thinking about anyone but myself all day. It's it it. it well, I did that as well. <laughs> I was able to multitask. <laughs> no, I, I I only had one child because I think that you know the if you have more than one child in this business you have to be uber uber successful, uh, yeah. so that you can afford plenty of help. Totally. Uh, and I never got to that stage in my career. To be quite honest, Catherine, nobody really knew what to do with me. It had been a surprise win, mm. and everyone was taken slightly by surprise by it, and and it was. And there was nothing really set up. And I don't know. It, I, don't, I think any opportunities I was given, I probably wasted. Because I wasn't mentally sort of in a great state. Mm. I got a very odd Channel 5 show called Jenny Eclair Squats, mm. where um, I went round to different people's houses and <laughs> just talked. That sounds great. It, it it was a bit ahead of its time, darling. I think. Yeah, there we go. They're, they weren't ready. <laughs> they we need to bring ready. it bring it back. Uh, bring back Jenny Claire Squad. I think that you know, what are you by nature? Do you think? Do you think you are wholly a stand-up? No, no. I'm an I'm an actress. Okay, <laughs> you're an actress and a writer. Yeah, I don't know. I'm oh. I don't know. I don't. I don't really know what I'm doing. What I'm doing. Okay. Well, you're still <laughs> very you, young. I, I knew that. What do I was you always, think? Well, I was always a performer. I was always a performer. I yeah. Knew you know. Um, and then over the years, I, I'm. I, I think it's been interesting what I've been able to do, and whether I think. Mm, let me just try and sort this out in my head. Mm. There was an interesting program on BBC Two, which I didn't watch, obviously, because I wasn't invited onto it. <laughs> um, and I find that the easiest way of dealing with programs I'm not invited on. I don't <laughs> fucking watch them. Um, but it was called uh, The Festival Fame and Me. And it was about the Edinburgh Festival and comedy and all this sort of thing. And I saw a very interesting clip with Emma Thompson saying that she didn't think festivals were about going up to win prizes. And it was about experimenting with your craft and meeting like-minded people. And I thought, yeah, unless you're me. <laughs> In which case, I really wanted to fucking win this thing. And I needed my career to get up, to step up a gear. Because, yeah. I, you know, I wanted, 
I wanted more security. I wanted more. I wanted to be able to buy a car. I wanted some stuff. You know, totally. I didn't. I I loved working the circuit. I really did, but it was exhausting. And I, you know, this is it was before mobile phones. It was before apps. It was you. You were standing in the middle of fucking nowhere with an A to Z, trying oh to God. find you know something. And I've always been the most short-sighted woman ever. I couldn't find anywhere. I couldn't find where I was meant to be. And then you were <laughs> on train stations at midnight, sort of hoping the last oh. train was going to be by yourself and you were by yourself and you hope it and you just thought you know there's a shadow there and it was frightening and it was tiring Oof. and it was just grueling sometimes and also back then audiences weren't respectful oh. I think one of the great things about audiences now is that they listen more so I wanted a way slightly out of that in some respects and what the Perrier or Dave's Comedy Award or whatever it's called now I think gave me were stepping stones into other arenas that I could, well, not arenas. I've never done a fucking arena in my <laughs> life, but other areas in which I could play. I'd started being able to do my own theatre tours. And that's oh, when you really come into your own, isn't it? When people come to see you and you can be the real you that you are. Oh, it's heaven on earth. Yeah. Yeah. That's magical. Yeah, I feel like I kind of got back to New York with the award and then the world shut down pretty quickly and now we're just getting back to it. It wasn't fair. It wasn't fair because as I say, my daughter's 33 and in yeah. 2019, she won one of the biggest playwriting awards Oh my God, in Europe. It's called the Bruntwood. And, um, you know, that was meant to, she was meant to have um, a placement in Canada. She was meant to go mm. to um, Los Angeles and it just stopped. It just, you know, everything just stopped. I think your generation have been mightily shat on. It's rough. I'm. I feel. I'm lucky. We got to. I got to tape the show. I got to tape the show as a special for Netflix, which was amazing. Oh, marvelous! It was fabulous, but it was very funny because we didn't. I taped it in 2021, so I had. I went back and I thank God I had one recording of the Edinburgh show, and I played it on repeat. I was like, "Who is this person? I don't even remember who this is." And I had to reteach myself how to be. Um, a fun, happy version of myself. Yeah. Yeah. And then, uh, but yeah, it's been, it's been tough. How's your daughter doing now? I guess now she has a kid. <laughs> yeah, we don't talk about, well, I'm hoping she'll get back to, I mean, I, you know, the career isn't over just because you have a child. Yeah, of um, course not. And, and, you know, I think I'm meant to help, Ooh. but she has just realized that I'm meant to help, but she just sort of looked at my tour days and just goes, oh God, so how are you going to help when you're in Cardiff? <laughs> um, uh, I don't know. We'll, it'll muddle through, you know. She's 33. I was 28 when I had a baby. Wow. And it just... It, <laughs> you figure it out, yeah. huh? Oh, God. Crazy. I've got to, I'm still with the same bloke. Oh, that's what's, that's, what's the secret to that? Uh, well, it's not giving head. Let me tell you that. Because <laughs> you say your language. <laughs> uh, no, I don't know. I don't know what it is. It's just sort of better the devil you know, really, isn't it? But there we go. So what, what, are, really you hoping, what are you hoping to get? What are you hoping to say out of this new show? And what do you think you managed to say with your best newcomer <gasps> show? Oh, wow. I think... Um... Oh, God. It's a tough one, isn't it? I think the first show was very much about my 20s and about um, 
being just like the most, just being a hyper confident woman in a world that doesn't want you to be and just coming on stage with like just ready to just destroy. And it was just, I love, it was just, um, yeah, about finding a way to love yourself, blah, blah, blah. And then this one's a bit more about existential dread and yeah. <laughs> Is that, does that sound fun? <laughs> I think it's where we're all at. Yeah. It's a, it's a bit hard to feel like even doing some of the old jokes feels silly. Cause I'm like, well, that's not my mindset anymore. You know, what about you? What's this, what's the new tour going to be like? Well, it's, it's, I started it last year. Let's face it, Catherine, you know, it's, it's, uh, I'm putting the a new wheels on an old cart and taking it out in the autumn. Uh, I mean, it's still valid. There is some stuff about lockdown, uh, but that will, eventually get edited out i mean I, I think it's something that we still need to acknowledge uh because i don't think anybody really is giving anybody any credit for the trauma we've been through and i think we we'll exactly. almost just get over this and oh. just now and again real life is quite overwhelming and dealing with so. getting back into the groove and just you know having to to get out and do things and be responsible and you just said there's a bit of you goes that has gone a little bit agoraphobic totally I, I used to hate spending time alone like I couldn't do it for even an hour and now I'm I need to be by myself all the time or I feel unwell <laughs> you know what I mean I also I'm like we need to grieve we need to grieve what's happened and instead you know so it's a different energy when you pop back on stage there's like joy but there's also like this understanding that we've shared this intense collective yeah. trauma <laughs> and I think people also are, are also going to be interesting going out in the autumn a is if anyone can afford tickets mm. uh, and this the ongoing crisis about the cost of living and everything and and actually how bruised we all are and how battle weary we are and now we're we're facing another load of shit which is finance oh. financial crisis um you know the climate crisis the this heat wave almost finished me off it was sort of Whew. It's, it's just like how you know how much can we take? Yeah, a little bit of that. But this is why we are here to ah! spread joy. <laughs> I just no, I do feel. I was gonna say I was. do feel. <laughs> no, I do feel like since coming back on stage, there is the the energy in the audiences when it's good is is so special, and people people were, were coming up to me after shows being like, "Oh my god, thank you!" in a way that felt like so real and needed and so there mm -hmm. is some some special magic to that so it's not it's not all bad news <laughs> no I'm, i mean i'm i have i remember coming back after lockdown to the first you know proper tour gig after you know not gigging for two years and just the noise of people clapping as i walked on stage choked me up i, I barely oh, could speak yes yes absolutely <laughs> we are very needy aren't we oh i need so much i need so much are you living with anybody in that flat? Yes, I'm living with uh, my friend Fraser is playing piano for me because I do songs in my show. Yeah. And then we're living with someone else on the production team. Um, so we got a three bedroom. It's right in the center of town. It's right by Nicholson Square. It's great. And my um, my boyfriend's going to come up this weekend, which will be nice. Yeah. yeah. He mustn't speak, though. He mustn't do anything. He mustn't get in the way. And he mustn't interrupt your exactly. schedule. Does he, he know that he has to sort of basically live very quietly yeah he knows that i i'm a full monster and i won't be speaking during the day fine, fine. but uh just it's just two days we i think we can, we can get through it and then uh <laughs> and then i'm done yeah yeah 
Well, all the very best with that. that oh, sounds, I mean, it sounds you. like you're you're keeping yourself together. Are you eating well? Yes, I'm eating a lot really late at night, which is feels really good. <laughs> it's really good for the system. <laughs> I love the crepe stand. That's my yeah. favorite. Yeah. Something to look forward to in this life. And what about your pre-show routine? You've already said that it's makeup and it's when do you eat? What time is your show? And when do you eat? Way before. I just like eat lunch and then my shows are like 9.45, 9.40. So I kind of, I, I, it's hard to eat before the show. Do you, do you agree? Uh, well, I have to have a light something or other. I like a 7.30 show, Catherine. I mean, the days of me getting on stage like at 9.40, you're fucking kidding. Ooh. I'm not there. I'm, you know, I'm heading home, 9.40, love. I can't. Uh, I can't do it. When, if the sun's still out, I'm not going on stage. It's depressing. Really? Oh, I just I close, close the curtains. Close we'll, the curtains. We'll get through this. Create your own world, yeah. 7.30. 7.30 that's show. The, that's the ticket. I do a 45-minute first half. We have a 20-minute interval. Then I come off on for another 40 minutes. We're sort of out by 9.30. And that's how my audience likes it. And I have, yeah. also, in the autumn, I have a share of soup with my tour manager. And then after the show, I have a sandwich. And then I might have a glass of wine. And then what happens is that um, the evil crisp hand comes out. And I rip open, when I'm being driven home, I rip open those big, big bags of potato-based mm. snacks from Marks and Spencers, or you, know, you get them from Waitrose as well, and they're all different shapes. Those are my favourites. You know, I heard um, crisps are good for your voice. The oh, oils, really? The oils, yeah, so they keep doing the, it, never The change. fatty oils. The fatty oils massage your cords, <laughs> and, and they, they're, yeah, secret weapon. Well, I should remember that when I'm back on tour. You're taking I'm, care of yourself when yeah, you have crisps. Yeah, and I'm shoveling potato-based yeah, snacks yeah, into just my a face. Paw. Right. Well, <laughs> Let me just check these Absolutely. questions to see. Um, Do we miss anything? Oh, I mean, what advice would you give to comedians? Particularly who are doing, female doing comedians. Yeah. On very practical uh, things, I would. It's it's about not drinking, really, isn't it? Yeah, it really is. It's sad but true. Yeah, it's about. It's about self care. I mean, I hate saying things like that because I mean, I feel a bit Gwyneth Paltrow. Um, but it is a bit, isn't it? You do, you do have to look after yourself. Yeah. You have to shut everything else out and just focus on what makes you feel good. And, and sleep. I need to sleep like nine hours or I feel like I'm going to die. Oh yes. I mean, I do that when I'm not even doing shows. Me Catherine. too. Me too. <laughs> I sleep. My, my boyfriend says I sleep way too much. And I tell him you're there's not no such thing. There's, yeah, there's no such thing. It's healthy. Like yeah. crisps. Yeah. And, and uh, that sort of, basically sleep and eat crisps. That's that's our advice for any budding aspiring. Sleep, eat crisps, and don't look at other people's stuff. It has nothing to do with you. I think that's so much harder now for your generation oh. with social media. Oh, it's it's we live in hell. Every day, every single one of my peers and all their accolades on, directly to my phone. <laughs> oh, no. How? Well, I mean, I'm lucky in that I have lots of friends who are very talented and successful, but that just means that ugh, when ugh. I, you know, I know it's, <laughs> <laughs> There's another they don't make it easy. Yeah. I'd, I'd surround yourself with losers. <laughs> make sure all your best mates are absolutely crap. 
That's really difficult. That's a good I, one. I don't know. I, don't, I mean, I'm fortunate and, and that sort of passed me by. I was sort of pre all that. And it was bad enough waiting for the... What we used to do was the first um, the first copies of the Scotsman used to land um, in the assembly rooms at midnight. And there oh would always God. be a sort of little huddle of desperate comedians waiting oh. for these newspapers to land. That's tough. No, you got to do that in private now. Yeah. Yeah. So, yes, I, I think the thing is to sort of find places to be private, to um, to cry, to gloat. If you are doing well, it's quite important that you gloat privately as well. Mm-hmm. And enjoy it. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's, very, that's you know, it's if very you special. can, if you possibly can <laughs> and eat some vegetables. Um, Definitely. Th- Jenny, thank you so much for chatting with me. Meeting you has been an absolute dream. I, I feel so lucky I got to talk with you. Oh, well, don't be ridiculous. I think you should get back to bed because it's probably, it's only, it's coming up for nine hours before your show. Oh, no, you've got the day off. Yeah, oh, well, I'm, maybe, maybe you need a double sleep today. Maybe you can get 18 hours in. I'm definitely getting back to bed. 11, 11 a.m. fringe time is basically like 6 a.m. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I've You've got done to get back very on well indeed. You've done very. It's a bit like <laughs> being jet lagged, isn't it? Getting up at eleven at the fringe. Have exactly. A, a fabulous uh, run. Uh, oh, thank for you as so long much. As you're there, and uh, you know, it's great shows back in New York. And one day I will come visit there. One Please day. Please do. I'm come to fa- a show. I'm going to phone my agent and, uh, now. I'm fed up. I'm fa- I've had enough. I'm going to go. I'm do it. Over. It's I'm it's time. It. Go do some Christmas shows. All right, then, darling. Oh, have a great, great, have great fun. Give my love to anybody I know, and um, you know, uh, I just hope, I just hope everybody's, everybody's having some fun sometimes. Fun is being had. Fun is definitely being had. Good, good. Uh, okay. Send my love to your daughter and the baby, and uh, enjoy your tour. Yeah, yeah, we'll see. Thanks Little so much. Arlo, little yeah. Arlo. See you soon. Take care, everybody. Bye bye. Bye bye. this year's awards find at comedy awards and dave on all your social media channels Would you give your mum, dad, aunt or that uncle who hugs your partner a little too long free access to your phone? Oh no! Oh my god, it's, it's a really long video! Ew! In Dave's brand new YouTube original, Get Off My Phone, we've got six comedians to give their phones over to a relative with total freedom to read messages, DMs, photos and browser history. Where's your social history? Sorry? What to do, tips for relief. The rules are simple. Their relative can read anything they want and even make calls from the comedian's phone. What is this? What is I know what this one is. That, that looks really okay. bad. Starring Tanya Moore, Anya Magliano, Finlay Christie, Travis J with his mum, Angie Lamar, Hayley Morris, Grace Campbell, and dad, Alistair Campbell. Slightly sexually compromising <laughs> Divulging their deepest digital secrets. <laughs> what the hell is happening? Get off my phone, a Dave YouTube original. Available now on Dave's YouTube channel. <laughs>